Chapter Fifty Three of Kitty Alone by Sabine Berengold. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Fifty Three, Jason's Story. The court was full of commotion. Pasco Pepperell had fallen, as though struck down by a hammer, and was insensible. He was carried out with difficulty, and with the crowd rushing about him and his bearers, unable to realize what had taken place anxious to see if he were dead. He was not dead. A doctor was hastily summoned to the house into which he was taken, and he pronounced the case to be one of apoplexy, brought on by sudden and violent emotion. Meantime, inside the court, order was gradually restored. The chairman made a feeling allusion to the sudden illness which had fallen on the most important witness in the case, which was the less to be wondered at, since the case was one that must deeply move Mr. Pepperell, as he had to appear against a member of his own family. Then Mr. Pook, with a mottled face, pushed up to the bench and whispered something in the ear of the chairman. "'I beg pardon. I do not understand,' said he. "'Sir,' said Mr. Pook, "'the real culprit has come to deliver himself up. Jason Quorm, who set fire to the rick, for which his daughter stands here accused wrongfully by the biggest rascal that ever breathed.' "'Call Jason Quorm,' said the magistrate. Jason at once hobbled forward and pushed himself in beside Kate, who was trembling with emotions of the most varied nature. Jason cleared his throat and said, "'I, your worships, I, and none but I, set fire to the rick at Coombe Cellars, and I did it by inadvertence. Please you remove my daughter from this dock, and hear her presently as witness.' let us hear first what you have to say we cannot discharge her till we know that she is innocent she is innocent as innocent as the day may it please your worships to hear what i have to relate it's a main long story said jason what is to the point we will listen to so you surrender yourself as having fired the rick i did it your worship this is how it came about you may put me on oath if you will stay a moment I have to caution you that you are not obliged to say anything, unless you desire to do so, but whatever you say will be taken down in writing, and may be given in evidence against you upon your trial. "'I quite understand that,' said Quorm. "'If I may be allowed a seat, I shall be obliged. I've got one leg a bit shorter than the other, and it's rather a trouble for me to stand long, and I have a goodish long tale to tell. I again remind you that what you say must be to the point.' "'I shan't wander,' answered Jason. "'But I shall have to begin some way back, "'and that in March last, "'when Mr. Pook's rick was set ablazin'. "'That were thought to have been the doing of Roger Redmore, "'and there was a warrant out agin him, "'but he were never catched. "'Does this concern the case before the court?' "'Aye, it do, intimate-like. "'Very well, then, proceed. "'We have ordered you to be accommodated with a chair.' and your daughter likewise. Roger Redmore, he runned away, and the constables never catched he. My daughter Kitty, her took on terrible over the poor wife as was turned out of house and home by Mr. Pook, and her persuaded me to let the woman have my cottage, for she and the little ones. I didn't mind, as I was away on the moor busy about Brimp's oak wood, and when I come back to Coombe, I were mostly at the cellars. My sister Zira, she be that rapscallion Pasco's wife, you understand, your worship. 
is this really to the point you are speaking of the fire at mr pook's not of that at mr pepperell's one fire hangs on to the other you'll find that out gents when you've heard my tale proceed then well it seems that roger redmore felt mighty grateful because of what my kitty and i had done i was agent for an insurance company and i persuaded my brother to insure in it but i must say he rather astonished me at the figure at which he insured and made me a bit uneasy i hadn't such a terrible high opinion of him as to think he might not be up to tricks what do you mean by tricks doing something to his insured goods that weren't worth much and gettin' for em payment as if they was gold but your worship that you'll say ain't to the point no more it is we come to facts not opinions don't us well i had been to brimps about the oak we was fellin embarkin and i wanted to tell my brother-in-law as how i thought we could deal with the dockyard at portsmouth so i left the moor and drove down in my conveyance which is nothing but a donkey-cart and a jackass drawn and when i came in the dark of the evening to my cottage there i found roger redmore in the bosom of his family so to speak twas awkward for he and awkward for me as there was a warrant out again him and so i drove right on and on to the cellars i found pasco there in the house all by hisself which was curious he had sent his wife my sister zira away somewhere and kitty my daughter away somewhere else and he was in a pretty take-on because i turned up unexpected i didn't quite understand why he was in so poor a temper and why he should turn me out of the house as he did and i had got nowhere to go to for a night's lodging you see your worships i couldn't go home what with all the beds and every hole and corner chock full of childer as thick as fleas on a dog's back not to mention the woman and the chap roger in hiding who didn't want to be found but pasco he wouldn't listen to reason and he was that suspicious and queer in all his goings-on that i thought some mischief were up and that i'd bide handy and keep an eye on him well gentlemen when he jostled me out of the house-door i went to the warehouse and it wasn't locked up so i stepped in and found the ladder and clambered up that thinks i to myself if pasco don't mean no wickedness well i can sleep here comfortable enough anyhow there were plenty of fleeces they weren't over clean and sweet but in such a case one can't be particular i hadn't been there a terrible long time before i heard the door open and i seed a light so i went to the ladder-head and looked down and there sure enough wore pasco i watched him a while to see what may games he were up to and at last i spied what it were he were arranging and settling shavings among the coal knobs so as to make up grand fires and he was getting everything ready to burn down the whole concern coals and fleeces and building and me in it if i were that jack fool to bide where i was so i hollered out to he and let understand who was there and that i marked his little game i were on the ladder he looked towards me and came at me and shook the ladder and shook me down and i fell on my head i reckon and remember nothing more till i came to myself bound hand and foot in a sack and throwed atop a heap of coal that were afire and fizzin out in flame and smoke and almost stifled i were and didn't know exactly where i were whether i'd got to the wrong place down below i cried out and i tried to get free but couldn't move and then i rolled myself down over fire and coals and scorched i were a bit but what'd be the end i cannot tell if it had not been for roger redmore 
who broke open the door and came in and dragged me out of the smoke and smother and cut the bands and got me out of the sack and helped me off to where his missus were that is to say my cottage jason paused and looked about him that i reckon is the first chapter now to go on when i came there i thought it all over and i got roger to put me in the outhouse where none of the children might see and he himself durst bide more than the night lest he be took but he told jane to mind me and let me have what i wanted well i turned the matter well over in my head and thought as how pasco were my brother-in-law and if all came out i'd bring trouble on zira and my own child i'd have to say as how pasco had fired his own building so as to get the insurance money and tried to kill me too cause i seed what he were up to so i didn't like to do that and i thought it would be best for all parties if i got out of the way and durst stir all the day that followed but at night i got out when i knowed the tide was suitable and took the old boat at the cellars and i made off with that and i rode out to sea and rode along the course to torquay and landed there and there i ha been unbeknown to the coombe folk there or in london when i'd been a bit at torquay i seemed to smell money i seed as how a lot of fortune could be got there by buildin and makin a great place of it for invalids and such folk and i went up to london to start a company and get a building firm to take the matter up i've been off and on about this idee and a fine idee it is like to turn out so i reckon i did hear as how pasco he'd drawed twelve hundred pounds out of the insurance company blessed if i know exactly what i should do on the one side i were agent for the company on the other i were brother-in-law to pasco and if i preached on pasco i might just as well have stuck a knife into my sister's heart and then i owed him something for having reared my daughter in his house since she wore a baby and pasco and me us got on famous together about speculations and taken in lump he weren't a bad chap till he began to look to get money by burning down his warehouse jason stood up stretched his limbs sat down again and proceeded after a word of cheer to his daughter who had risen and was standing speechless looking at him with dismayed eyes she knew that her uncle was false but jason had revealed a depth of wickedness in the man which she had not conceived to be possible she had been satisfied that he had set fire to his magazines for the sake of the insurance and she knew that basely he endeavoured to throw the guilt of the act upon her she had feared that her father had been sacrificed when the warehouse was burned but had never supposed that her uncle had done this deliberately now continued quorum i reckon i come to the third chapter after a bit i thought i'd come back to coombe but not openly and see how kitty were getting along so i came unbeknown to every one and went to mrs redmore and her put me in the same old outhouse as i were in before and i told her as she worked at the cellars to say nothing about it to kitty but find an excuse for getting her out of the house after dark that is what jane redmore did and i met kitty at the rick and us went together behind the rick so as the light might not be seen from the house whilst we talked well i'd been without my backpipe for some time and seeing as how kitty had a light i told her to open the lantern and i'd have a bit o a smoke for comfort her opened the lantern door but lor gentlemen i hadn't told you how struck with amaze and main glad the little maid was to see her father whom she had believed to be dead come to life again 
hearty and with fine prospects of making money out of building speculations to torquay but you must imagine all that your worships it ain't as you may say to the point but this here little affair o the pipe and lighten it is well when she opened the lantern door i took out the bit end of a candle that was therein and i put it to my pipe to kindle my backy she was talkin and tellin o me all as had happened and when her said how as pasco pepperell had tried to lay the firing of his warehouse on she then i were that angry i burnt my fingers with a candle end not thinkin what i were about and throwed it down right among the straw and afore i could say jack robinson there was a blaze as no stampin would put out the first thing kate did was to run in and the first thing i did was to tumble into the boat and make off i didn't know what the consequences might be and i first thought i'd consider it and learn what came of it all before i stirred if pasco didn't make a fuss why it might pass and no harm come of it if he made a stir why all must come out the little maid i reckon she would say nothing because her knowed it was my doing the stack catching a light and thought she'd bring me into trouble and then there was that other fire behind she didn't know what might come if it were examined into and i made my appearance as one returned from the dead but i heard of it all jane redmore sent to tell me and now your worships i reckon i'm the guilty one of the fire but it was an accident and she's innocent and may be discharged that is my story the bench withdrew for a few minutes when the magistrates returned the buzz of voices in the court ceased at once we have decided said the chairman that the case against kate quorm be dismissed she leaves the court without any imputation against her character you mr jason quorm must stand security in yourself and find two others to stand bail for you to reappear before the court when required End of chapter 53